Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's just something about when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can be having the worst day you've had all year, but when you begin to lift up his name and exalt him, there's just a calming that comes over your seas. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. It's hard to sing that song without thinking of Papa K. That was one of his favorites. I remember him calling the youth group out of the sanctuary before he would preach and making us come up and sing that song. And sure enough, the power of the Holy Ghost would begin to fall. And it was just, a, it, that song has impacted my life. And it, it's because it taught me how to worship him. It taught me how to lift up the name of Jesus when everything around me was falling down. Just to say, Jesus, holy of holies, Lord, you are God. You are God of everything in my life. Hallelujah, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you for standing and being here on Wednesday night. It's always interesting to see uh, who shows up when they know pastors out of town because uh, it's, it's a chance to kind of recoup. I understand. I've done it. I, I, I know. But I want to say thank you for being here tonight. And uh, Pastor sends his best regards. He's down at the ladies' conference and uh, uh, going to have a good time of fellowship down there. I want to uh, speak to you briefly tonight on a few things. Um, I, I pray that my my delivering of this word does not hinder um, the way God gave it to me. It is the word of God, so it is already anointed. And I pray that God would anoint my lips of clay tonight. I really just want to talk to you. I really want to. I, I really want to just talk to you about some things that uh, that every single person in this room has encountered, will encounter, or is possibly going through right now. I want to talk to you about the Word of God. Wednesday nights are a good time. It's a time of Bible study. It's a time to look at the Word of God and to to understand the Word of God and to go through the Word of God. And so that's what I want to do tonight. This is a quote. There lies the most, there lies the most perfect ruler of men the world has ever seen. And now he belongs to the ages. Of whom was this said? Was it said of Caesar or Napoleon or, or Alexander the Great? No, uh, it wasn't said of those guys. Was it said of Eisenhower, Patton, or MacArthur? No, uh, not, not them either. None of the above. What about Luther, Calvin, Knox, Wesley, Spurgeon? None of those guys. This, that, that's not who he was talking about. Well, it was no doubt said of a great leader. A powerful and a persuasive personality. Certainly one admired for his success. That depends, I suppose, because when he was seven years old, his family was forced out of their home because of legal technicalities, and and he had to work to help support his family at the age of seven. At the age of nine, while still a backward, shy little boy, his mother died. At nine years old. At 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. He wanted to go to law school, but his education was not good enough. At 23, he went into debt to become a partner in a small store. Three years later, his business partner died, leaving him with the huge debt that took him years to repay. At 28, after developing a romantic relationship with a young lady for four years, he asked her to marry him. And she said no. An earlier youthful love he shared with a lovely girl ended in a heartache at her death. At 37, on his third try, he was finally elected to Congress. Two years later, he ran again and failed to, re, be, to be reelected. I should add, it was about this time that he had what some would call today a nervous breakdown. At 41, adding additional heartache to an already unhappy marriage, And dashing any dreams he had envisioned, his little four-year-old son passed away. The next year, he was rejected as the land officer. At 45, he ran for Senate, and he lost. Two years later, he was defeated for nomination for vice president. At 49, he ran for the Senate again. And guess what? This time, he still lost. 
Add to this the endless barrage of criticism, misunderstanding, ugly and false rumors, and deep periods of depression. And you realize it's no wonder he was snubbed by his peers and despised by multitudes. Hardly the envy of his day, you could say. At 41, however, he was elected president of the United States of America. But in his second term of office, he was cut short by his assassination. As he lay dying in a little rooming house across from the place where he was shot, a former detractor, Edwin Stanton, spoke the fitting tribute. There lies the most perfect ruler of men the world has ever seen. And now he belongs to the ages. We will miss you, Abraham Lincoln. Tenacity. A little bit of spirit. A little bit of spite in his spirit. Something that over and over, if, if, you, if you look at it from this angle, you think, man, why in the world did this guy keep going? But he did. And he changed not just a nation. He changed the world as we know it today. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about a subject that I, I feel uh, is, it's, it's an underlying current in, in our, not just our movement, but in the world. And, 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 and I, want to, I, want to, I want to try my best to form this so that, that um, we can understand it the way God is trying to, to speak it to somebody. Don't worry about me using big words. I walked up with my paper notes and my iPad. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to really keep this on Jay Hilton level so you guys should have no problem understanding this. How do you respond when you find yourself dealing with situations that are, that are very painful? Uh, you get rejected. Somebody walks out on you. Um, you, you feel like you've been, somebody's been very dishonest with you. Uh, they, they didn't really tell you the truth. You feel lonely, hurt, very discouraged. When you think about these things and, and, and that happen to not maybe just you, but other people that you might know and their reactions, how do you feel? Do you just feel that I, I, I don't, you know, you know what? I don't have to, I don't have to put up with this anymore. and you decide that you, you know, I'm just going to walk away. I think that's, I think that's the best thing for me to do is just, just walk away. I I quit. You know what? I give up. I throw my hands up. I I don't have to do this. I don't have to stay here and take this anymore. How do you really and truly feel in those moments? Because you see, as a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me closely, giving up It's not who we are. Surrendering is not who we really are. Throwing in the towel is not not the kind of thing that a Christian should do. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we have the right to expect the best from Jesus Christ. He has the right to expect the best from us. And so when I think about giving up, you know, it, it it, it, it doesn't fit. If you're in the process right now on giving up on your marriage, giving up on your job, giving up on your children, your financial situation, whatever situation it may be, and, and, and let me tell you, uh, we, we, <laughs> sometimes the church is almost like a masquerade ball because we come and, and everybody looks real pretty. And everybody has these wonderful, beautiful dresses on and, and all these nice suits. And, but we have these masks that are so beautiful. Man, they, they look really good and everything's so straight. But let me tell you, if we were to all be honest tonight, we would say that we have been to this point. We are, we are in this point at, at right now. We've all been faced with this. But before you give up, and st- I want you to stop and I want you to ask yourself a question. Does this giving up fit who I am? Does it fit me as a follower of Jesus Christ? My message tonight is simple. Don't quit. Really, is that, it's that simple. I'm not going to, I promise, I won't juke and jive and run over pews. I just want to talk tonight. I, I, want, I, want, I really want somebody to hear. I felt it so strong in the presence of the Lord today. 
I, I want somebody to really hear what I'm saying. If you will listen carefully and apply the few points that I'm going to give you tonight, and I'm going to try to my best to lay them out before you, you won't have to give up and quit. There is an answer and a solution to what God wants to do in your life, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through. So please, you can stay seated. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And Paul is writing to a young pastor, Timothy, and he's giving him some He's giving him some wonderful um, uh, advice, and, and he's coming, Paul is coming to the end of his life, and in fact, he dies around 67 AD, and he's killed by Nero, the emperor, and, 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 and it's interesting that the very next year, Nero commits suicide himself, and so Paul's encouraging Timothy at this point, beginning in chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, and he's talking to Timothy, this young pastor, He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of the ministry, for I now I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. And he's talking to Timothy, and he says, I have fought a good fight, and I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Now, this is his challenge to young Timothy. He's a young pastor, and now we find him listening to the apostle Paul. Give him a warning and a challenge and a word of encouragement all in the same scriptures that no matter what he's going through, you cannot, you cannot give up. As I think about the characters of the New Testament and and the different uh, characters that that are, are in our New Testament, in the word of God, no one fits the qualification of one who never quits like the Apostle Paul. When you think about his life and how he lived it out, Here's someone who stayed with the challenge no matter what happened. And you may be one of these people today. You may be one of those persons today who wants to quit. And you think you you have a pretty good reason to quit. And it's it's justified. and, And you have a good reason to walk out. You may be legitimate and responsible. It may be something that's a reasonable thinking. Well, I don't have to do this. I don't, I don't really have to stay in this anymore. I, Jay, I have the right to quit right now. And Paul is encouraging Timothy, and he's telling him, Now look, there's going to come a day where they're not going to believe what you're saying. There's going to come a day where they're, they're not going to trust you anymore, Timothy. They want somebody to tickle their ears and to make them feel good. But listen to me, son. You stay. You stay there, and you stay steady. Stay sober and calm in the situation. You keep doing what God called you to do. And then he talks about his own life. Paul begins to talk about his own life because of what he's been through in his life. Now, when I think about Paul and what Paul suffered in his life, if you've never had the opportunity to study Paul's life, it's a a good study. You have to ask yourself the question, what motivated what motivated Paul to keep on keeping on the way he did? When everything in him, I'm sure, was saying, you got to quit. What motivated Paul to keep doing what he was doing? You see, there's something that Paul knew, and that's what I want to talk about. There's something, something that he did that every single one of us need to understand in our life because we're all going to be tested if we haven't already truly been tested. And you know what? There's going to come a time in your life where everything in your body is going to want to quit. 
everything in your mind is, is saying, give up. You don't have to take this anymore. Just stop. I'm tired. There's coming a time. So what was it? What was it that Paul did? What was it that Paul knew that kept him keeping on? There, there are plenty of quitters. There's, <laughs> there's plenty of quitters. But I'm, trust me, a quitter will never get anywhere in life. Half of my battles with my children, my three boys, half of my battles with the two oldest ones, is just don't quit, son. Just don't quit. I say it a thousand times a week. I'm telling you, don't quit. Why did you, why did you punish me? Because you quit. Don't quit. So people who give up don't get anywhere in life. And I think we all would agree on that. So, so I want us to look at a few reasons and motivations that Paul had to keep going on through the rough times that he went through. The first one that I want us to notice, this is the first one. The one thing that kept Paul from giving up and kept him keeping on, keeping on, was that he was that his awareness that God was with him. In Second Corinthians, the, in, in the Second Corinthians letter, Paul begins to talk about in the left chapter. There, there's a very challenging chapter to me when I think about what Paul went through, and, and when I when I begin to think about the things that that Paul was dealing with in the eleventh chapter in verses. Uh, 20 through 22 through 28. Is that up there? It, it says, w- w- it talk, starts to talk about what he suffered, and yet he never gave up no matter what he experienced in life. This is a familiar chapter to most Christians, but, but Paul uh, says, for example, they were arguing, and, and they were beginning to criticize him for, for who he was. And, and, and it says in, in, in verse 22, it starts and it says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes, more um, above measure in prison, more frequent in deaths, more oft. Of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. Five times he received 39 stripes with a cat of nine tails. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep and journeyings often in perils, perilous waters and perilous of the robbers. And perils by mine own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and weariness and painfulness, and watching often in the hunger and thirst, and fasting often in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily. The care of all the churches. So not only was he dealing with that, he was dealing with the care of all the churches. If you and I had to go through what he went through, I wonder, I really wonder how many of us could have survived that. You want to talk about uh, a non-quitter? You 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 don't have to look any further than than the Apostle Paul. So what was it about Paul that made it possible for him to survive all of that? What made it possible? Now, he had a lot of reasons to give up and quit, but he didn't. Why? Because of his awareness that Almighty God was with him. And when you read all the things that Paul said about being, that Paul said about God being with him, he said, for example, in, in, in Acts 23, when he was going through a difficult time, he said, the Lord stood by him. He knew the Lord was by him, and so that all through Paul's epistles, you can read, we are, he continually reminds us that God is with us. If I was to ask you right now if God was with you, you would probably say yes. You'd probably say yes, God is with me. But do you claim him when the times are tough? When you're in the heat of the battle, and I was to call you and I would say, 
Hey, is, is God with you? <laughs> not the time, Jay. Not the time. Not right now, Jay. You know God's with me. No, no, no. Is, is God with you right now? Jay, I'm hanging up the phone. Do you remember, do you remind yourself that no matter what's going on or who's treating me this way, no matter what's happening in your life right now, that the Almighty God is with me. He said in his word, I will never leave you, never leave you nor forsake you. Now, either I have to believe that God will do what he said he would do, or I don't believe it. If I begin to question him, I'll begin to give up in some situations. If I believe that he is true to his word, then, then, I, then, then I'll begin to hold on in those tough situations. Oftentimes, people give up right before the victory is about to break loose. Many times, I've seen that. Right before opportunity stares them in the face, they're willing to give up right before things change for the better. Right before things, that current begins to change, they give up. That's why it's so dangerous to give up because the reality of it is, as a Christian, if you give up, then you're really saying, I'm giving up on God. If you really say, I believe the word for what it is, and I believe the word for what it says, then when you decide to give up, you're saying, God, I don't trust you, and I don't believe in you. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's the kind of stuff that churches really don't talk to and talk about anymore. When you begin to give up on things in your life and you begin to want to quit, and you're beginning to turn your back on God, think about it. He's been shipwrecked all these times. A day and a night in the sea. And over and over and over and over and over again, the Jews tried their best to kill him. They tried to trap him. They tried to kill him. They tried everything imaginable to get rid of him. And yet he found, you find him in a jail rejoicing in the Lord, praising God for what he's doing in his life. You know why? Because Paul never felt rejected by Jesus. Or that Jesus Christ was absent in his situation that he was in. The awareness of God's presence in his life. And the awareness of God's presence in your life will take you through things that I promise you nothing else will be able to get you through. But only that awareness of Jesus in your life. The second thing is this. The experience of God's strength within him. That's what kept Paul keeping on. When we feel weak or worn, that's when that's, it's just a no-brainer that things are going to happen. When you're the most tired, when you really don't feel up to handling something, that's when the flat tires come and, and the, the briefcase flies open before you get in the car. And, and, and the wife is upset or the, the, the husband's upset at home or, or the chicken's burning on the stove. When you're the most tired and you're the most weak, it seems like some of those things, boy, they just, mm, uh, I've never thought a, a, a chicken would make me give it all up, but I'm about to quit right now. That's, that's reality. Your son, your baby son, learning how to take the cup off of his sippy cup over the carpet with a full thing of milk in it. And it spills out, and you're exhausted. Your husband and and, and your children leave dirty clothes all over the house, and you've worked a full day. You come home. And it's those little things. It's those little things that when you're tired, they begin to wear on you. And when you think about all these experiences that Paul survived, he had to understand. He had, he had to have understood and experienced the strength of Almighty God. That's the only way. Three shipwrecks, bit, beaten all these many times, jailed. In other words, he was a frequent visitor to the jailhouse. And so all these things he experienced, how did he experience them? He had, he, he had strength, but, but 
Paul was not necessarily a strong man physically. In fact, studies show that he was a little short fellow with bad eyesight. Some say he was bald. But it, it wasn't that kind of strength that he had. So what was the strength? Well, I got good news for you. The same strength that you and I have to go through any situation that we're in right now is the same strength that Paul had. And that was the strength of the almighty God. That was the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, most of, the, most of us know, know the verse where Paul says in Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Listen, he was aware of God's presence. And being aware of God's presence, he was aware of the strength that God released in him. Because he was aware of his presence. They go hand in hand. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, you have the strength tonight. You have the strength of God in your life because you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can get it tonight. You don't have to have a piano and a drum and organs playing you can simply come to God and begin to seek God's face. And I'm telling you, he will deliver that Holy, that Holy Ghost will begin to set upon you. And you'll know it's there because you'll begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. And guess what? Now God is living inside of you. That's how we know we have the strength of God because we have the Holy Ghost and that's what Jesus promised his disciples. He knew that they were going to be tempted to give up. He knew, he knew what was ahead of them. He knew that they were going to go through times that would seem impossible. And he said, the Holy Ghost will be in you, with you, and upon you. And it will empower you, and it will strengthen you to do whatever the Father has called you to do. Every single one of us has within us an adequate strength to do the will of God. You may say, well, you know, time out, Brother Jay. Hold on. I don't really feel like that right now. I feel like I'm about to rip somebody's throat out. I'm so ready to give up. You may not feel it. You may not, you may not visually or, or feel that emotion inside, but I'm telling you, the Word of God says it. The Word of God. Open your Bible. The Word of God says it. So what you need to do is claim it. Don't wait to feel it. Claim the Word of God. If you wait on your emotions and you wait on your feelings to worship God, you're going to have some tough times. Be obedient to the Word. Obedient above sacrifice every time. Be obedient. You can have spiritual gifts and spiritual blessings, but if you don't claim them, listen to me close. If you don't claim them, then you don't understand them. And if you don't understand them, then you can't experience them. And so one of the things that kept the Apostle Paul from giving up was he experienced the strength of Almighty God in his life. When he stood in council and they criticized him and they wanted to crucify him, if at all possible, everything they did, he never gave up. He never quit. Now, did that mean that he, was, he always just stood there like a man, just fearless? Yeah, I ain't quitting. No, 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 exact opposite. I'm sure that there were times when he was frightened for the moment. But, that's, that's, but this is why the Lord would say to him, hey, Paul. Here I am. I'm right here, bud. I'm right beside you. I, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. Don't, don't worry. You're not going through this by yourself. Paul knew who was with him. So when I think about his prayer to the Ephesians, he was encouraging them to pray for the strength that God gave them for, for, what he, they, for what God had called them to do. He was praying for their strength. And then when he talks about putting on the spiritual armor, in Ephesians, or in Ephesians he, he, how does he start that in the sixth chapter of Ephesians? He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's how he begins that chapter. 
That's what you need to, you and I need to begin to wake up every morning saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The awareness that God is with us today and that we have the strength of God to face anything and everything and anybody and everybody, no matter what the situation is because it isn't our strength, but it's God's strength. It's not your capabilities. It's God's capabilities. It's the divine energy of God. Let me tell you something. I, I, I wish we could get some of the elders around here to talk about the divine energy of God. Because when you begin to pray and when you begin to lift up these songs and these songs become more than just some words on the screen. And you begin to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm telling you that divine energy will come up under you just like a wing and begin to lift you up. And all of a sudden your spirit begins to Am I lying? I'm not lying. I'm telling you, we could talk to some of the elders in this church. Oh, Jay, it's just mental. No, no, you're missing it. It's the almighty power of God. That doesn't mean that you won't have some difficult situations and circumstances, but he will enable us. He will enable you to live through it no matter how bad they seem. So what kept Paul from giving up when he had every reason to quit? His awareness of God's presence and the experience of God's strength in his life. And we have those same rights today because we have the Holy Ghost living within us and with inside of us. We have those same promises. That means you and, you and I have God living within us right now, today. You don't have to go another minute in the situation that seems so hopeless in your life. Now watch this closely. He's not going to call you to do anything, face anything, experience anything without giving you the strength to do it. That's what the Word says. He will give you the adequate strength to do it. He said in His Word that He causes all things, everybody say all things, to work together for good to those who love him, those who are called and according to his purpose. And sometimes he allows us to get into situations that we think, oh, God, I, don't, I can't handle this one right now. Why does he allow some of those things to happen to us? Why does he allow those things to happen at the most inopportune times? Because it gives him an opportunity to show us how real he really is. How faithful he is, how powerful he is, and how adequate you and I are when we truly put our trust in him. It's not your ability, but when you put your trust in the word of God and you begin to obey that word of God, you will begin to feel that empowerment. And that's what Paul is saying here in this passage. Some of you are saying right now, how am I going to have that kind of courage, Jay? That's a lot of courage. Well, two things. If you're going to have a courage in your life and you're going to understand that God is working for you in your life, you have to get in the Word. You have, this, this Word has to become a part of your daily life. Well, I don't really know. Hey, what do you mean, minor prophets, major prophets? I'm... What I don't even know where to begin to read. Just start reading it. Just start, just start looking through it. You know what? It, there was a study done that if, 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 a, if a young man studied the book of Proverbs uh, for two years and, and really become to know the book of Proverbs and obey the book of Proverbs, his education level would be higher than that of a four-year college degree student. The book of Proverbs is a great place to start. Psalms, let's, let's go into the Gospels, begin to, begin to know what the Gospels are. Brandon and I were talking about this the other day, how long I lived in this and didn't know the Word of God. How long I thought, and I could say, oh, ooh, Acts 2.38, hallelujah, and I, would repeat, and I could repeat it, but I didn't know what it meant, and I didn't get on down into the beginning of Acts when God began to move. In the, book of the, in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, the good news, get into the Word of God. The Bible is the mind of God. It's the heart of God. It's the Spirit of God. It is God. Here's where we find all the gifts of God. 
If I neglect the word of God in my life and if I neglect spending time with him, guess what? I'm going to continue to fight the battles that have conquered me all of my life. Jay, you don't understand. I've been fighting this thing for 30 years. I don't care. I don't care what the situation is. Get into the word of God. Begin to know the mind of God. Begin to understand the strength of God. Begin to lift up the name of God. And I'm telling you, he'll take you out of a situation that you've battled all your life. And he'll do it in a blink of an eye. Know the word of God. God causes all things to work together for good. Then, then I don't, I, 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 I don't have to really give up, because I know whatever I'm facing, as tough as it is, and as tough as it may seem, my God, because He's always truthful, is going to turn it for good. He will always turn it for good if you will just stay on the table. If you will just stay on the potter's wheel, he will make you and mold you into what you need to be. But you've got to stay on the wheel. You can't give up. You can't quit. No, Jay, you don't understand, man. I really messed up. I really went against the world. I don't care. He's a God of grace, and he's sitting on the throne of grace right now. He's not sitting on the judgment throne. Don't quit. Don't give up. The third thing Paul knew was the assurance of God's will for him. There's nothing more reassuring and can keep us from giving up on knowing that God, that we're in the perfect will of God. He said, for example, he knew where he was when he faced all of these situations. He says, the Father sent me to preach the gospel. And he said, for example, in 13th chapter of Acts, in the 47th verse, he assures us that he knows what God has called him to do. He says, God told him, I've placed you as a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be the salvation unto the ends of the earth. Thou shouldest... That, that, that you're going to preach salvation until the end of the earth. Paul knew exactly where he was in life once he was saved. He knew exactly what God was up to in his life. God told him, I've called you to preach the gospel. And I have made you a light unto the Gentiles because, first of all, the gospel was only being preached to the Jews. So he went to the Gentiles because he knew that's where God wanted him. So the issue is this, if I'm going to be able to keep on keeping on, I've got to know that I'm doing what God says to do, how God says to do it, when he says to do it, and where he says to do it. I don't even have to understand it. You really don't have to understand it. You will understand it most of the times, but there are times where you won't understand it. But if you want to have the strength to where you don't give up and you don't quit, if you're tired of quitting, then remember what I said earlier. How, how, many, times, how many times have you seen people in their life quit right before the, the, the sunlight breaks through? How many times have you seen people give up right before God was about to just open blessings in their life. Don't give up. Because you may, you may give up at the very time that the best you are looking for is about to arrive. And Paul knew that. He understood that. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, Lord. Hallelujah. Let this set on somebody's heart, God. Hallelujah. Paul didn't have a single promise that we don't have today. You got to remember that Paul didn't have the New Testaments. He had the Old Testaments and he and, and he had the sayings of Jesus, but he didn't even have them like we have them today in the printed word. And so when I start thinking about what God is up to, his verses, here's a verse I always come back to, Psalms 32 and 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. He didn't say I'll make it easy, but he said he would teach us in the way that we should go. You don't have to give up. You don't have to quit. 
In Proverbs 3, 3, 5, and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Don't give up. The fourth and the last thing that Paul was, and the Paul, that Paul had, was an overflowing joy that filled his soul. He had an overflowing joy that filled his soul, and it helped him to make it through the tough times. And Paul was such a beautiful example of this because in the book of Philippians, for example, it's all about joy. And, and here he is in jail. He doesn't have very long to live. And what's he talking about? He's talking about joy. Locked down in the jail cell. He's talking about joy. He starts off talking about where he is and what's happening in the jail. And he says, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances, my jail time right now has turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. How, 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 how so, Paul? You're in jail. Because all the guards that came in to guard him, he just shared the gospel with them. One after the other, after the other. And so he said before long, the whole, the whole troop of cards had heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you find the sense of joy throughout Paul's writing. And he says, rejoicing and again, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice, rejoice. He comes to the fourth chapter and he's still rejoicing and he's still in prison. Why? Because he knew God was with him. He knew he was doing the will of God. And he knew that he was following God's plan for his life. Had it been, taught, had it been tough? Yes. Yeah, it, it's been real tough. But, but by the time he was at this place in his life, he had a thousand reasons to give up and to quit. If anybody had a reason to give up and quit that was justified, it was the Apostle Paul. He wouldn't think about quitting, though. Why? For the simple reason that he knew what he was doing, what God had called him to do. So I have a question for you tonight. Do you rejoice or do you have happy moments when things are falling down around you? Can you, can you, can you say, thank you, Jesus, and, and praise the Lord. I want to bless your holy name when, when all hell is breaking loose around you. Can you lift up your hands and truly say, Jesus, you are Lord of all. And I give this to you right now, Jesus, because I'm not going to let this take my joy. I want to trust in you. Or do you say, God, seriously? Why? Why me? Why, why are you letting this happen to me again? God, why don't, why don't you answer my prayer? You see, we're, we're over here and, and, and we're wondering, we're about to jump off the table and God's over here saying, hold on, if you'll just get to what I have promised you in the word and if you'll read my word and become to know me, you will see the wonders that I have waiting on you. You just got to hold on. Don't quit. God has the best for his children. And let me tell you this, listen to me. Anything less is not of God. It's the best in your life. And anything less is not of God. Anything, settling for anything less than the best is not the will of God. That doesn't mean we won't, it won't be difficult or hardships or trials or just like it was for Paul. But, but he's going to turn those things for the good if we respond in the proper fashion. So this is why Paul could rejoice even in jail. Even in his, in his message, he's telling them to rejoice. He, he, he's, he's close to death, and he's still talking about rejoicing in the Lord. You can stand with me. What if Paul would have given up? What if, what if Paul would have quit? We wouldn't have the epistles of Paul. We wouldn't know anything about sanctification and salvation, the atoning death of Calvary, Jesus, and, and the atoning death of Jesus being declared righteous before the Almighty God, all the doctrinal things that we believe. We wouldn't have that today. Think about this. The majority of the things that Paul wrote 
The, the majority of the things that Paul wrote to us in his epistles were from a jail cell. Here's the reasons people give up. Fearful. When they face situations, they face them fearfully and they're afraid. Hopelessly. They don't see their way clear because they're looking through the eyes of fearfulness. And rebelliously. They don't like it. They don't like the way it's happening, so they're just not going to do it. We make the choice tonight of giving up or holding on. We make those choices tonight. That choice lies within the power of every single one of us. I don't care. Let me tell you something. I understand that having done all the stands, sometimes you just got to stand. But if, you're, if, if you've been in this thing a long time and you're just leaning on that one scripture and you're not pushing forward, you might want to visit the Word again. If you just received the Holy Ghost and you said, all right, I'm there, I got it now, all right, sweet, it's good, your battle's just beginning. Four things, awareness that God was with you, the experience of God's strength within you, the assurance of God's will for your life, and an overflowing joy that fills you. That's just four. Let me tell you, I could have gone on all day. I, I had a hundred of them. These are the four that stood out. You can do this. I'm 38 years old. I got a long life to live. But I'm telling you right now, I've faced some things that have made this preacher boy want to quit and turn his back on everything. I've faced things in my life that have made me want to give up. I don't, I don't mind telling you, I don't feel weak. In fact, I feel pretty powerful because I withstood those. You know how I withstood those? I got my nose in the Word of God. I begin to pray, and I begin to fast, and I begin to seek the face of God. That's how I withstood those. Jay Hilton didn't withstand those. Not because I'm some big man and I stood up. No. Big man was ready to quit. Big man was ready to walk out on all of it. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody tonight. I wanted to give up on everything. Wanted to walk out. Didn't feel, didn't feel good enough for my family. Spent the last couple of years of my life fighting to start a business that I just have struggled with over and over again. But it sure is hard to look past that scripture. All things. Jay, son, all, all things. I, I, I know it doesn't seem like I answer all, every prayer, and I, and I know it doesn't seem like I'm there all the time, but Jay, I am, because all things work together, son. That's how God has answered me before, a soothing voice of a father. That, that, that was the only thing I would have heard at at that moment in my life. Best friend being shot to death in high school. And I was supposed to be there that night. Only to learn about it Monday in class. Don't quit. I'm telling you, I, I don't know how else to tell you. I'll give you every I'll give you every dime I got. I'll give you my truck outside. Whatever it needs. Don't quit. Don't give up. I don't I don't know who I'm talking to. Don't don't settle. 
Well, I'm not quitting, Jay. I'm here every Sunday. I'm here. No, no, no. Don't settle. Don't settle for just Sunday night services and Sunday morning services and a few songs. Don't quit. I'm telling you, don't quit. You can't stop. Oh, Jay, you're not preaching to me. Maybe I'm not preaching to you right now. But listen to me. The Word of God says He will stick closer than a brother. Things around you going wrong, family leaving you, job, losing your job, things, things tough. Don't quit. Hold on. Hold strong. Why don't you join hands with somebody that's close by you and let's pray. The altar's open if you want to come, but I just really feel that we need to pray right now. Lord, I feel like I've done what you've asked me to do. I've delivered the word that is here tonight. And I pray, God, that you would let that word begin to seep into the mind of somebody that's hurting so strong that that they've they've locked themselves down and they're just not going to hear anything else right now. They're at a point in their life right now where nothing else can be said to them. God, I pray that your word would would seep through just a small crack in their mind and that it would begin to plant a seed of encouragement. Lord, that it would begin to override the hopelessness and the fearfulness and the bitterness, God, that's in there. Lord, I pray that your word would do what I know it can do and that it would begin to take root in their heart and their mind that will begin to grow, Lord, that you will begin to encourage somebody tonight not to just not quit, but God, to start pushing and to start going into what you called them to do, to start moving towards what you called them to be, God. Tonight, Lord, be with us, Jesus. Speak to them, Lord, in your precious and holy name.